Welcome, listeners, to Out and Out Vibes podcast with Nancy and Gina. And we are interviewing a good friend of ours, Ken Moyer. And what are we going to concentrate on today, Gina, with Ken? We're going to talk about having ADD as an adult. And also as a child, what he went through. So we're going to go from reverse, from a child with him being undiagnosed, an adult being diagnosed. So you understand what he goes through. And besides his ADD, he has OCD also. So with a dual diagnosis, he is going to explain what he went through as a child coming up to today and how he copes on a daily basis. Yep. So let's start out. What actually is ADD, Ken? Uh, <clears throat> attention Deficit Disorder. It's an acronym. It's it, it, one of the hallmarks is when, when a person cannot focus on a task, uh, they're, they're, they find it hard to maintain their attention. Okay. Um, and what about, are there any other symptoms like um, managing your time? I, I thought I, I had read about managing your time. Um, Emotions, motivation, restlessness, anxiety. Yes, 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 the above. All of the above, right. So when it comes, hold on, when it comes with the ADD, what is OCD? OCD is short for obsessive compulsive disorder uh what when people think about it they they normally think of the compulsions Uh, one one common example is a guy who has to wash his hands 50 times or else he thinks bad luck is going to befall him or the person who has to always turn down the the on turn on the left side because if they don't turn left and turn right then that could negatively affect their day Uh, the obsessive part which is the part that i deal with on a daily basis deals with these obsessions that that can range anywhere from being an annoyance to being very disturbing and they tell the individual that something's bad's going to happen to them, or maybe bad happened to their family, or loved ones, or friends. Uh, sometimes it's it's having disturbing thoughts about a person who's into sharing a room with you, and it just it can be very tormenting and upsetting. And that's within your mind that you're being. It is. Okay. So how has it affected you during your life? Um, First, let's start with school. When you were a child, how did it affect you in school? It made life, 
<laughs> it, it made years in public school miserable. Why? Uh, it, it, it made me terrified to go into school because I thought that everybody knew something about me, about my personal life, my most intimate uh, dealings, uh, and that people were out to get me and just drag me away to someplace and throw away the key. Uh, And I constantly believed that, that people were saying horrible things about me or that something horrible was gonna befall my siblings or my parents and there was nothing I could do about it. And it, it made life just really miserable through school. And the ADD made it hard to focus to where I, I, I couldn't do a task. It was very hard to focus more than 15 minutes on something. Now, as a kid, did you know about this? Like, were you diagnosed? No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what, did, what it was. Yeah. Uh, it, it, did your parents recognize that something was going on with you? Uh, a little. I, I think my mother was more cognizant that something was off than my dad. Now, when I was in a special track in school, and back then the only diagnosis they had for people was perceptually impaired or emotionally disturbed. Uh, If I was diagnosed as emotionally disturbed, the school would have me shuttled off to a special school, uh, which I think was Burlington County Special Services, where some real problem cases go. And, well, this was the 80s, so they didn't know as much as they do now. So when did you get diagnosed? My official diagnosis didn't happen until much later in life. We're, we're talking in, in my mid-30s. How did these diagnoses affect your life? Did it give you a sense of, finally, I know what's wrong with me? And, and did you have a direction now to go in to help yourself? Yeah, it, 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 it was it was a relief because it, it I was about to check commit myself to a hospital because I, I it was just driving me mad. And wow! It, it was making life miserable, and I just couldn't deal with it anymore. So. I had had enough of it, so I was going to some, going to go to a, a mental hospital to get treatment. If, but you, lo and behold, my mom was in her car listening to her classical music station, and this ad, 
advertisement from Temple University came on about this study they were doing with for people with anxiety and they were looking for for patients or so, applicants so did you so that's go how, huh did you go yes yeah i jumped on real quickly and partook of it they divided they had two groups of people one group was going to get the actual medication to treat anxiety the other group was put on a placebo to see they wanted to see if, if one group on the placebo and just uh, receiving counseling was enough to uh, treat the anxiety on a long-term basis and what one, I was fortunate were you on? I got into the what which one were you on I was in the former. I lucked out. I got into a group that had the actual medication, which was Paxil, the truth, the anxiety. Did it and help I got you? Cognitive behavioral therapy. And did you find the medicine help you? It did short term. It, it really did. It. it, it shut off those just obsessions and it allowed me to think with a rational mind which I had had prior to that so it was was just it was like a, a light through the fog so that gave you um like an opportunity to realize that medicine could help you that wasn't yes. that was a short term medicine fix, but then you got the right dose of the and the right medication after you got that. What is your life been like now? It it is been much better. It, 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 I still have my moments when I get anxious. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the obsessions do creep in. But it's not, it's manageable. That's the thing. For the most part, it's manageable. When I wasn't on the medication, it was not manageable. I Just little things would trigger it off, like turning the wrong way down the street. Or oh, something that somebody said in a conversation would just trigger a down spiral. And I felt like I was on a roller coaster ride and I couldn't do anything about it to put the brakes on. So as an adult, what do you do now to deal with those anxieties other than the medication? How do you deal with it when you feel it coming on? Uh, Some days uh, I will go for a walk. Uh, Mindfulness has been a big help. What mindfulness is, what is meditation. Mind, what is mindfulness meditation? Okay. It is living in the present, but it, it for me, the, it, it has been empowering because it has taught me that I don't have to connect with the triggers when it happens. I don't have to ride this down spiral. I can let it unravel, but I don't have to attach to it, and that's been very... Uh, 
life changing for me because I don't feel like I'm on, trapped on this roller coaster that I have to ride out. Okay. Is that... And what has it presented for you? How has it affected you in your work life? In my professional life, it, 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 it has its moments to where I would be, there would be sometimes occasionally that I would lose my track of thought. Mm-hmm. And I would blank out for a few seconds. And, you know, it's been observed by others, fortunately. And I can't quite explain to them. Uh, that That's... And it's annoying. But it, it, it could be much worse. Yeah. When you do that blanking out, do people think it's something more serious? Yeah. Some people have made comments that that they think it's a little off. Um, I don't know how quite to articulate it to them. There there seems, there's still seems to, to be a lot of misinformation out there about mental illness, actually a lack of information, uh, not only in the U.S., but even more so, I think, over here in Asia and, about yeah. what it actually is. And you live in Thai, you moved from the U.S. to Thailand now. What is the yes. difference in the culture there with... Um, with having an illness like that. Yeah. I feel like they, there, there's a lot of ignorance here about that. Mm-hmm. So you, so, so you think U.S. is more proactive when it comes to mental health than Asian countries right now? Yes. I think so. Uh, even though in spite of the U.S. is just start starting to wake up. Mm -hmm. There's been, as far as in the workplace, there's been, there's a progressive movement that has started to, to where people can be comfortable about speaking about their, their mental states, illnesses in the open without fear of reproach from their employers or co-workers. Mm-hmm. And, and I, dawn, which I think is fantastic. I think that is the key word. Go. I think the key word is being comfortable with discussing it because most people are very uncomfortable when they see that you're um, acting a little differently. Instead of finding out what could be wrong, they push away from it. Because they don't know how to yeah. deal with it. Uh, I'm, yeah, it still is very much so. Uh, it's lamentable that in the 21st century that we're still still there. It, it, we haven't progressed. 
I don't, I have never understood the shame behind it. Yeah. I know that you are quite artistic. Go ahead. Um, I know that you're very artistic. Has that helped you with any of these symptoms or issues that you deal with? Being autistic? Artistic. Artistic. Like your yes, your it, has. It, it 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 has given it a avenue to express it. Uh, and it, it it has also helped lessen the symptoms. In, in the past, I would always, I would frequently bring a drawing pad to me, work with me wherever I went. And at the time, I thought it was just me obsessing needing to draw, but it, when I dissected it later on, it was also a release for me. You know, when when I would be anxious, when I would down spiral, feel, feel myself. It was, it was like, uh, kind of like my life jacket that I would wear. Yes. So in your art, what, how has it propelled you having a diagnosis? How has it propelled you for your future? What are your, how are you using your art these days? Uh, uh, I've been busy with my teaching job here in Thailand. I've been starting to come up with concept ideas. Uh, I, I think mental illness, people who have that uh, have, have been in heavily involved in the arts in one form or another. And it gives, I think, a person a whole new perspective at seeing things or opening up to per- different uh, perspectives and opportunities because you're you have something a little off in your head uh, I, I mean you, you've had people such as Van Gogh who, who were brilliant uh, he, he did some of his best work when he was in a mental hospital Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a lot of people. You've had Sylvia Plath. You had writers like Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. Who had a mental illness. With the people who have mental illness, they are able to view the world differently than other people can. So with people who can see the world like people who are extra sensitive, do you feel that people with mental health see since they see the world differently sometimes a lot of people are more sensitive in the sense um visual and also empathic your opinion yes how does that affect you being more empathic and sensitive to other people's energies and the way they react i think i have to i have to constantly be grounded Mm mm-hmm and realize that I can soak energy up How do you like ground? a sponge, and that How? that means everything in the environment. That means if there was an argument, I soak that up. If there was any tension, that gets soaked up. 
I remember one event I went to this convention out in Detroit where there was 400 people staying in this Holiday Inn. And I just remember that experience. It was was just disturbing. It was, I remembered feeling almost despondent uh, I felt angry. I felt just unspeakable joy. And I felt like I wanted to bawl my eyes out at the same time. And I had no reason why. And I was just having a meltdown. And yes, I was, some of it was anxiety because I was in a crowded place. But all those other emotions just mixed together. I didn't know what, what was going on. How do you ground yourself? Uh, I usually do filtering. I, I imagine myself surrounded by this huge mesh or net or spider's web all around me to where I keep in the, the emotions, the good feelings that I want and everything else I don't want gets stuck on the, on the on the net mesh or web and at the end of the day I can ground it out. I find that for me that works better than a visualizing being surrounded by this invisible egg or bubble that some people use. I just feel have, like I can breathe more but everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of using a weighted blanket when you sleep? I've heard of the weighted blanket. I don't... You never tried it? I haven't tried it. Because I have heard in the past that people with anxiety, it helps them to sleep with a weighted blanket because they feel um, safer because they feel as if there's um, protection around them. Alright. I I can see that. I haven't tried um, that. What recommendations do you have with, for people who may be undiagnosed and just don't feel right? <sighs> seek help. Seek professional help if you can. If you feel a little off. Get, get diagnosed if you can. Talk, open up about it. If you have a very good friend you can fight in, talk with them. Or talk with somebody in your family. Just communication is, is a, I think, a key part of getting on the, on the road to wellness with this. Then it's taking the right medication. It's going to see a right therapist, and by that I mean a therapist that you you gel with. You finding that right match. It may take a few times. In my experience, it took a couple of times before I found somebody that 
comfortable with us. I felt safe. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us, Ken, today and, you know, explaining your story with our listeners. Hey, anytime. I was happy. I'm happy to talk. I can be of help to somebody. Yes, I think that when you open up and talk about things, you never know. There might be a listener out there experiencing the same thing, and this could help them. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Gina and Nancy. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Have a great day. Take care. Bye. Bye. And thank you for our listeners to listen to Out and Out Vibes. Another day we will be back with Nancy. And Gina. Have a great day. Toodles.